Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to the season three finale of the X Factor Sports Podcast. I am your host, Jay Mondane. I am very excited for this episode. I'm so glad that you guys could tune in. We are live on all the platforms. We are on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Rumble. We are on audio everywhere, Instagram live. We're on audio on all the platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcasts. We're everywhere. So be sure to check us out. And you can always catch the show if you subscribe to the YouTube channel or any of those audio platforms. We got a great season finale for you guys tonight. We have been all over the world doing this show. We are back home. So it's great to be back. And I got a lot to get into, a lot of basketball, NBA power rankings. We got NCAA. We got to talk about some stuff before March Madness. Got a lot going on. We got to give a shout out to LeBron James, all these things. Before we get into it, let's always get into the quick news with the ladies. We got ladies first, NCAA basketball. Again, we're still on the Caitlin Clark watch. She is knocking down records left and right. Getting closer to breaking Pistol Pete's record for the all-time leading score in major college basketball. I have to be very specific about this because she just passed the great Hall of Fame Lynette Woodard. She played at the University of Kansas. So her record just got passed a few days ago by Caitlin Clark. But she played in a time where women's basketball was not recognized by the NCAA until Title IX in the 80s, but she still had the the second highest scoring record among major schools in college. But then the record that still stands alone, over 4,000 points, we got to show love to the great Pearl Moore, went to a very small school down in the Carolinas, over 4,000 points scored. I don't think anybody's going to catch that. But that record is only recognized by small schools, and they were the AIWA, I believe is what it was, before everything merged over to the NCAA. But nevertheless, Kaylin Clark is still about to make history. She's 18 points away from passing Pistol Pete for the all-time NCAA record. I believe she will do it this weekend against Ohio State. A rival, a team that's beat them already, but it's her senior night. I think the stars are kind of aligned for her to finish off her career at Iowa, passing Pistol Pete's record all-time scoring. Now, sticking with NCAA women's ball, although Kaitlin Clark is having a great season, individually amazing, it's going to be one for the eight for the record books, of course, one of the greatest players to play. But as a team, and in the Big Ten, we got to show love to Ohio State. They're the number two team in the country. They've already beat Iowa once before. They got a chance to beat them again and win the Big Ten. They're for sure probably going to be a number one seed going into the tournament. I said for sure, probably. They're definitely going to be a number one seed going into the tournament just because of how they've been playing this year. They're on a 15-game winning streak, so I'm sure they will get that done. And – being one of the best teams in America, South Carolina. Got to show them love. We haven't showed them love on this show all year. Shout out to Don Staley 
in the South Carolina Gamecocks women's basketball team, 27-0. Looks like they're on a mission from last year after losing in the Final Four to Iowa in upset fashion. They may be the odds-on favorite not only to win the women's national championship, but to also go undefeated again under Don Staley. So looking forward to that happening through the month of March. Congrats to them. think they're going to make it and go all the way through, through the tournament and run through everybody. One of the great teams in college basketball, the only undefeated team in college basketball, the South Carolina Gamecocks, had to show them some love. On to the NFL. The NFL Combine started today in terms of like live drills, all the stuff that fans want to see. But should we even care about this? I'm going to be honest. I really don't care. I don't watch the Combine. I used to when I was little. Don't really care anymore. It's America's greatest television show, the NFL. And they're just doing a good job of keeping themselves relevant and on TV during the offseason. Because all the stuff that these players are doing at the Combine, this is all stuff that scouts can see at the Pro Day. And does the Combine really mean anything? I mean, did it really mean anything for, I don't know, Tom Brady, Brock Purdy, <laughs> you know, players like that, even Patrick Mahomes that ended up, you know, starting their careers out great. Obviously, Tom Brady is who he is. Had a terrible combine. Historically, everybody remembers the 40 time, the way his body looked. So what is the combine, really? I think it's for fans. The, the diehard football fans are going to watch it just because it's more football that they can consume. But your casuals aren't going to watch it. They don't know these players yet. They may know a player or two from a college that they follow. You know the big names, the Caleb Williams, those Jaden Daniels, like, you know, those guys. But it's really just a TV show. That's all it is. NFL is just trying to stay on TV. Um, doesn't really matter what you do in the combine, I feel like personally. You still got to go out in the NFL and play against real men, against real players instead of doing the drills. Okay, you can bench press a lot. You can run fast for 40 meters, whatever. I bet Jamarcus Russell had a good combine, and I bet Ryan Leaf had a good combine. If y'all remember those guys, oh, y'all don't? Yeah, because they were bust. So it doesn't matter what you do in these combines if you can't go out and ball. Russell Wilson didn't have a great one. Obviously, Super Bowl champ, he's a third-round quarterback. So it is what it is. You got to go out and perform. So they could have seen all this stuff at these kids' pro days. It's just another television show for the NFL. So congrats to them on the marketing side. Staying relevant during the NBA season, college basketball. Love it. On to Major League Baseball now. All right. So spring training has started. We're, we're off and running <clears throat> in places where it's warm, but not here. Arizona, Florida. That's where it's all starting with spring training. It's way too early. But do the L.A. Dodgers, are they already the favorites to win the World Series for another year? They got a monster team that they're bringing back, plus adding players. I mean, other than the best pitching staff on the planet, they got Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Clayton Kershaw still there, Jason Hayward in the outfield, Max Muncy in the infield. And, oh, yeah, some guy y'all might know, um, Shohei Otani or Mr. 700 Mill. That's what I like to call Mr. $700 million. His went to the Dodgers. So the rich get richer. Every pun intended. 
And so it'll be fun to see what the Dodgers look like this year. They're the odds-on favorite, of course, in the preseason. So will they win the World Series this year? Or maybe the Dodgers will do what they always do. They'll win 107 games in a regular season and then lose in the NLDS in four games. <laughs> and everybody will be disappointed. Then the Braves or the Rangers may repeat. But it is of note that they got Shohei Otani and that he will be a DH this season because of the surgery. And then he will come back in 2025 and play on both sides of the ball and treat those guys like high school kids, like he's done his whole career, pitching and hitting home runs. So looking forward to seeing what the Dodgers look like this season after having a monster roster. We'll see if they can get back to the World Series and stop the Rangers from defending their title. All right. Now, before we get into the segments, there was something that happened this weekend in college basketball. And we can all agree that college sports has changed over the last 10, 15 years, right? I'm old enough to remember the NIL showing up, uh, transfer portal, TV deals, conference realignments. I can remember all these things happening recently. And now we got to worry about this court storming. So Saturday, Wake Forest played against Duke at home <clears throat> at Wake Forest. And Wake Forest beat Duke. They're blue blood. So obviously fans are going to rush the court if a Duke or a KU or Kentucky, North Carolina, any of those types of schools get beat. Fans rush the court. Even though Wake Forest was favored, by the way, to win this game. Duke is still Duke and they were ranked higher. Fans rushed the court. So it made big news if NCAA should ban the court storming. And don't get me wrong. I, I liked it. I grew up doing it, watching it. In high school, we played against our rival. They were right over the bridge from us down the street. And my senior year, we went to their gym. We beat them on their court and our fans rushed the court. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever seen that in the history of sports. The visiting team's fans rushed the court. So I'm, I've been a part of it. I've seen it all. But when it gets to a point where players are getting hurt. So in this game, Kyle Filipowski, Duke's best player, uh, Duke's best player, NBA draft prospect. Duke loses the game and he doesn't have enough time to get off the court. Obviously, you're distraught. You lose a game. You're not going to run off the court. Like you're going to probably have your head slumped down walking off the court. Is it his fault for not knowing that they were going to rush the court? I don't put that onus on the player. You're not thinking about that type of stuff. Oh, if the fans are going to run out if we lose. Nobody's thinking like that. So he didn't get off the court in time. Fans rush the court, run into his ankle as he's trying to get off, and he rolls his ankle. So now his teammates have to carry him off, help him off the court. So the question is posed, what do we do about this, right? I think it's very simple. You ban storming the court. Simple as that. No, I'm not saying that because I'm a Duke fan and it happened to a Duke player. If it happened to any player and they got hurt because of a court storming, you just you just ban it. Like, like it can't happen anymore. Fans can no longer rush a court if their team wins a game against a ranked team or favored team. You just can't do it. As much as many black eyes as the NCAA has for poor leadership, 
this is a good time for the NCAA to actually show that there is some good leadership here. There's too much nuance in the sport. In sports, period. There's way too much nuance to kind of waver on the side of, oh, let's compromise. Let's put a rope around the court and give the fans or let the fans wait 30 seconds until the players shake hands and leave. You can't control that. Like, that's ridiculous. The, the players are, or the fans are excited. The players are excited that win. It's very hard to control that nuance or getting the players off the court at a certain period of time or only do it when the team is ranked number one in the country or blah, blah, blah. It's very cut and dry. With good leadership, if there is nuance in a decision, you just make it black and white, cut and dry. No more storming the court. I know it's great optics. It's great for TV. If you go to one of these big schools or if you go to any school, university, they probably have a big life-size poster of their fans storming the court, hanging on the rims, yada, yada, yada. I get it. But times have changed. All right? Fans are running on the court with their phones, looking into their phone, TikToking, whatever. They don't even see where they're going. So knocking into each other. I'm sure there are fans that have been injured storming the court, but it doesn't get publicized because they're not the players. I'm sure you can find a handful of students that have been hurt so if it's getting to this point the ntaa just needs to step in show some leadership for once and ban storming the court fans can't run on the court the, the court is not for fans if you want to run on the court be good at the sport and then you can play simple as that you ain't good enough now you got to watch because the players can't run on the court right we remember malice in the palace from the nba players can't do that so fans shouldn't be able to come in their space. It's very simple. It's a very simple solution. I know all these sports shows are trying to figure out the algorithm that is storming the court. It's a very simple equation. If players are getting hurt because fans are running on the court, fans can't run on the court anymore. So that's where it should end. You guys let me know what you think. Should the NCAA ban court storming? I obviously believe they should ban it. I don't want to see any players getting hurt, especially around March. I want to see all the best players playing, and I don't want them to have to sit because some sophomore chemistry student tripped over his foot. So let's just cancel all of it, all right? Y'all let me know what y'all think. When we come back to the season three finale, we are going to get into the NBA, our last installment this season of the NBA Power Rankings. You do not want to miss who we got in the Power Rankings now. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast, and we will be right back. If you love sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports. You'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time. So, don't wait any longer. Subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Yo, yo, we're right back. <clears throat> Welcome to the X Factor Sports Podcast Season 3 Finale. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and now on Rumble. So if you don't have YouTube, 
You can also subscribe on Rumble and check out all the episodes from the past, present, and in the future. All right, check us out. Let's get into the NBA Power Rankings. We got our top 10. It's been shuffled around a little bit. If you've been watching throughout the season, some teams are going in and out, moving up and down. This is our final installment of the season for our Power Rankings. Here we go. Making it into the Power Rankings at number 10, the Sacramento Kings, all right? They can no longer be held down. <clears throat> Last time we did our installment of the Power Rankings, I was very close to putting them in. They were at number 11, but they make it in at number 10 and they bounce out the Phoenix Suns. Uh, the Kings just lost to the Nuggets, but last night they just lost to the Nuggets. I mean, it was a battle of big men getting triple doubles. If you haven't been watching the Sacramento Kings, DeMontis Sabonis is playing like a man that needs to be all NBA. He might not, he won't get first team all NBA because of Nikola Jokic. But if Joel Embiid misses games, he misses too many games where he can't hit that 65 mark at the center position. DeMontis Sabonis is second team all NBA. He has to be. He's second in triple doubles <laughs> as a center. He has, it's like a 30 game streak of double doubles or something, something ridiculous like that. I don't have the exact number, but he has a long streak of just double doubles. He's second in triple doubles in the NBA behind Nikola Jokic. The Sacramento Kings, what are they? they 13th in offensive rating. Like they are top 10 in pace. De'Aaron Fox, you already know what he's about. They're playing really good basketball. Um, and I think this is why I got them at number 10. <clears throat> Just the power, the power of what they've been doing. They're making a push for the playoffs. They look like the Sacramento Kings we saw at the end of last season going into the playoffs. They're getting back into that form. At number nine, we got the Knicks. The Knicks have kind of slipped a little bit due to injuries, of course. Julius Randle's not back. OG Ananobi's not back. So Jalen Brunson's been holding it down. Right before All-Star break, they stumbled a little bit. Now back after the break, they got an important win against the Sixers, which if you watched last week, I even had the Sixers beating them straight up. And they messed up my parlay. <laughs> so, But the Knicks still playing good basketball. They're still top 10 in offense and defensive rating and net rating without – Julius Randle being in the lineup. So you got to keep them there. At number eight, Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks have dropped a little bit with Doc Rivers at the helm. Before All-Star break, they were losing games left and right. Questioning if Doc Rivers is the man for the job. Maybe they just needed a much-needed break because they look good coming after All-Star break. They actually look really good. The offense is still top five. The defense is picking up. They're starting to get some of the Doc River philosophy, I guess, if that's what you want to call it. But they are looking good, and they moved to eight. They actually dropped a little bit, but they're still in the top ten. Um, real strong team going after all-star break. They got a big win against Minnesota, who's on this list as well. So, And they got a good, comfortable win against Philly. At number seven. If these guys can stay healthy, they have an outside chance of making it to a conference final like they did a couple years ago before Kyrie got there. The Dallas Mavericks, um, I don't know what's going on in Dallas. Maybe Kyrie and Luka figured it out. Like, we are probably the two best offensive guards in the NBA. 
and nobody can stop us. So, because that's how they're playing. They have moved all the way up to the top 10 in pace now that Kyrie's healthy and they're 11th in offensive rating. With Kyrie back, they won eight out of their last 10 games going back to the All-Star break, and they won seven straight. Had a big win against Phoenix when they came back last Thursday um, before the streak ended this weekend against Indiana. But before that, seven-game win streak, beating teams in the Western Conference, which is important. Obviously, beating the Phoenix Suns team took them from in the play-in game into the actual top six seeds in the playoff run. So Dallas Mavericks is seven. Number six, the Cavs, the Cleveland Cavaliers are just staying, hovering around that top six, top five all season long. They've been great. 37 and 19 record. They um, are the second best defensive team in basketball because they got all those trees back there. Jared Allen leading the way. So Cleveland Cavs stay in. Shout out to the Chicago Bulls. I haven't had much to say about the Bulls from a positive, but they won a huge double overtime game last night against the Cavs, and the Bulls had 74 rebounds in a game. 74 rebounds. Dennis Rodman, when we had Dennis Rodman on the Bulls, we never got 74 rebounds in a game, just to put that in context. Huge win for them. But anyway, the Cavs are still number six in this power ranking because of their record, because of their defense, and they're only a half game out of the lead. Uh, they got a half game lead over the Bucks, So they're still a two seed in the East. So you got to show them love for that as well. At number five, <clears throat> the Nuggets. The Nuggets are rounding into championship form. We talked about this a couple of episodes ago. At the beginning of the season, as a defending champion in a marathon of a season like the NBA is, I think the Nuggets were just kind of getting themselves conditioned for the stretch run. They're peaking at the right time. Even even at, even though they are one of the worst teams in pace, they still control the game with Nikola Jokic. No matter who they play against, you have to play their game when they play. They impose their will on you. Coming out of All-Star break, they're fourth in the West. They had a three-game losing streak. And now they stepped on the gas. So currently they're on a four-game winning streak, and now they're third in the West. So they flipped the switch. The champs are coming back, and it looks like they will definitely be favored to go to the conference final. Number four, L.A. Clippers. Just lost a tough one last night to the Lakers after being up 21 points. LeBron put on the show, turned back the hands of time. But you can't erase what the Clippers have done this year specifically in this calendar year they still have the best record in the western conference since the calendar turned to 2024 um but it's the top teams that they're losing to two and six between the top four teams in the west got blown out by okc but they're still one of the top teams in basketball third in offense fourth in defense and top 10 in net rating as well. They're top 10 in all of the categories, pace, everything. So because of that, there's still a number four team on this power ranking. Now at number three, OKC Thunder. They've made their way back to the top three. They're a half game behind Minnesota for the one seed in the West. This team is doing really great. Coach needs to be coach of the year. The 
Oklahoma City Thunder have 40 wins already. They've already tied their win total from last season when they were in the play-in. They look to do big things. I wouldn't be surprised to hear conference final talk for them, depending on the matchups. The Western Conference is loaded. Sacramento, you got Denver, obviously. Minnesota now. OKC Thunder, you got the Clippers. Dallas, I think it's just going to be a matter of matchups when it comes to who will make it to a conference final. Obviously, only two of those teams can make it. Excuse me. I didn't even say the Phoenix Suns. They get Bradley Beal back. They can flip a switch. So I think Oklahoma City Thunder is going to be one of those young teams that you got to be scared of. If they get the right matchup, they can they can run through a series quick. So got them at number three on the power ranking. Again, another team that's top 10 in everything, offensive, defensive rating, net rating, and pace. And then we got the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have stayed in that top five range as well. The best defensive team in basketball. They have been all season long. Anthony Edwards looks like an MVP candidate. And Rudy Gobert looks like the defensive player of the year. So they went in the break strong. Um and they're picking up where they left off. So I'm excited to see what the Minnesota Timberwolves can do. They are one of those young teams like OKC that have the experience of tasting the playoffs last year. We'll see if they can get to the second round or even a conference final this year. And at number one, this team's been the best team in basketball since October. They are running through the NBA 45 and 12. They are the best offense. They're top three in defense. I mean, no more else I need to say about the Boston Celtics. We've seen what they've been doing to teams, especially the elite teams. And at home, they're damn near unbeatable. They've just been tearing up everybody. I think they go on. They can get 65 wins at this pace. They're going to be 65 and 17 probably by the end of the year. And Jason Tatum, you have to put him in a conversation for MVP, you have to. If he's on the best team with the best record, wire to wire, and he's the best player, I don't know how you don't give him MVP unless somebody does something historic. So, like, if Jokic leads the league in assists, or if he, you know what I mean, like his PER is out the window, that's the only way I can see somebody getting MVP over Jason Tatum is if they break, if they, if something historic happens. But the way he's been playing, best player on the best team, usually got to get the nod. So it's just up to the voters to do that. So there is our top 10 power rankings for all my listeners on the audio. I can run it back for you. We got the Sacramento Kings at 10, the Knicks at 9, the Milwaukee Bucks at 8. Somebody give Damian Lillard a hug or a friend over there. He's saying he's feeling real lonely in Milwaukee. Somebody go help him out. Get him a studio so he can make some music. At number seven, we got the Dallas Mavericks, the Cavs at six, the Nuggets at five, the LA Clippers at four, OKC Thunder at three, the T-Wolves at two, and the Celtics at number one. So go ahead and check that out. I will be posting these power rankings on social media so you guys can see it. You can like, share, subscribe, and of course, follow. Let me know what you think of the power rankings, all right? When we come back to the X Factor Sports Podcast, 
we talk about LeBron James and what he's been doing and what he is on the cusp of doing this weekend. This is Jay Mondane of the X Factor Sports Podcast. We'll be right back. Yo, 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 welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast, season three finale. But thank you guys for tuning in all season long and all the past seasons. We appreciate it. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Rumble. And be sure to check out the audio. If you can't catch the videos live every week, you can always catch the audio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music as well, or Pandora also, all right? So be sure to check all that out. Ms. D always laughs that I remember all this stuff, but I got to, right? So let's get into it, man. LeBron James, all right? LeBron is about to do something I never thought I would see in my lifetime. First of all, I never thought anybody would pass Kareem as an all-time leading scorer, over 38,000 points. LeBron is... 40 points away from scoring 40,000 points in NBA. 40,000 points. That is that is an unheard of number. The fact that he has the durability, the stamina and the games that he's played in and to in the consistency to be on the cusp of scoring 40,000 is is unheard of. Um I think he gets this record Sunday or when do they play? Saturday night against Denver. It's at home. It's a nationally televised game. It's on ABC. LeBron understands the moment. They play the Wizards tonight. So I think he is playing tonight. Uh, I didn't see him as a scratch for tonight. So he is playing in the second of a back-to-back and he's 40 points away. He can probably get, he can probably get the record against the Wizards. I mean, we see the Wizards play, right? They're real bad, but I don't think he will. I think he understands the moment. He wants to do it in front of his home fans on national tv just like when he got when he passed kareem it was at home on national tv in la i think the same thing happens on saturday night but let's talk about this for a minute right as people know lebron lebron james is not my favorite basketball player right but i'm not so naive that i don't understand the greatness of lebron james two things can be true he doesn't have to be my favorite player or my goat or whatever for me to recognize how great he is. He's a, we're the same age. This dude is in the league in year 21 and is playing. He's probably shooting the best bet. He's probably shooting the best that he has in his career field goal wise, as far as just shooting jumpers, he probably is playing better than he ever has still averaging 25, seven and seven or seven and eight numbers that he had after his rookie year. He's still doing it in year 21, which is incredible. So, I understand the greatness of LeBron James and what this means for basketball. For a guy to play at this level for this long just means it means more to basketball than anything. And I'll go out and say this right now. 
again, he's not the greatest basketball player I've ever seen play. But he will go down and have the best NBA. He will have the best career of any basketball player. Hands down. I can't say he'll have the best career of any athlete because of what Tom Brady did with the championships. But NBA, he's going to have the best NBA career of anybody. And by the end of this season, he's going to have 40,000 points, over 11,000 rebounds, over 10,000 assists, and 1,500 games played. I mean, come on, man. You can't deny it. If you don't like LeBron, if you hate him for whatever reason, I don't know why people do, which is ridiculous. If you don't think LeBron James is great, you don't know basketball. You got to respect greatness when you see it. And the fact that he is going to be 40, 11, and 10 <laughs> for his career is, is unbelievable. So to be able to watch LeBron all through from high school all the way up to the NBA, even when I was playing high school ball, like we always looked in the newspaper back in the day in Chicago after we had good games, we'd see what we did, see if we were in the paper. LeBron was always a headline. I mean, we were in there a little bit, you know, just little articles of us, you know, what we did. But then obviously LeBron, St. Vincent, St. Mary. So I go way back to even then seeing him in no way in a million years would I've ever thought I'd be talking about LeBron on my own podcast scoring 40,000 points in the NBA. That's a lot of damn points. All right. So congrats to him. Like I said, he's obviously going to get this record by the next time we get on, on live. So congrats to LeBron James. Again, doing something that I never thought would be done. You guys let me know what you think. Do you think that LeBron James has had the greatest NBA career of all time? Or do you think he's a great player of all time? Just your sentiments about what LeBron is doing currently. I mean, he's averaging 25 a game in year 21. Burke was at the end of the bench dragging his leg out to the bench in year 21. He was done. Vince was trying to play, but he just physically couldn't do it. The fact that he is not only on a team, he's still the best player on this team, which is probably part of the reason why they're not winning much. AD needs to be the best player. But that I digress. But the fact that he is still playing at an elite level, he's still one of the best players in the league in year 21. It doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. There probably will be a year 22. And I'm just more impressed by the durability of LeBron James. Like, if there's anything that I'm more impressed about by him, not just the statistics, is the durability and the longevity. How is he able to play at this level for so long you got to respect that for sure so congrats to lebron i think he breaks this record on saturday night against the nuggets gets over forty thousand points it's just even crazy coming out of my mouth every time i say it that one man will have forty thousand points in his career <laughs> and and going he's trying to put this thing out of reach and uh he might have a good case for it so congrats to him like I told y'all, this is going to be a record-breaking episode. We got Caitlin Clark will pass Pistol Pete on Sunday. LeBron this weekend will eclipse 40,000 points. Congrats to all them, all the basketball players and all the basketball fans. You guys get a treat this weekend. Hope everybody tunes in because I know we sure will be here at the X Factor Sports Podcast. When we come back, 
we close it out with the final two-minute warning of the season. You will not want to miss this. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. We'll be right back. love sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports, you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time. So, don't wait any longer, subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. Thanks for sticking around for that quick break. We had a great show tonight. We talked a lot about basketball, which always is good we're at that time of year we're getting into march so we got to end the season going into basketball all right so before we get out of here though let's talk about something in terms of fear if you are looking to be successful everything you've ever wanted is sitting on the other side of fear right think about it this way if there is a place you're trying to get to professionally, if there's a place you're trying to get to physically in terms of working out or you have goals, all those goals are there. Like they're all achievable goals, but they're sitting on the other side of your own fear. You're worrying about, you know, somebody telling you no, worried about if this is gonna work out, you know, going to the gym, do I wanna get up every morning and sacrifice? and and do the things necessary to get in shape do i want to do the things necessary that this person did at my job to get that promotion you know having to work a little bit harder or you know go out of my way and do extra work that i'm not assigned it's that fear of failing that we're that is sitting in front of us and success is right on the other side of it you know fear is just this big gatekeeper monster whatever it is in your mind hiding success behind it. So once we're able to conquer that, success is right there in front of you. So it's just, how do we get around that? Everything we've ever wanted is sitting on the other side of fear. So the goal is to set your goals. Within those goals, write down or think about what are some fears that you would have that will stand in your way of those goals and attack those that's the best way to do it that's how i feel about it when it came to doing this podcast i wrote out everything that i needed for this podcast how i wanted it to look how the content would be and then i wrote down right next to that okay what are the obstacles or quote unquote fears what could stand in my way and i attack those things first all right i need to figure out how to lay this thing out and get over that hump and just do it and now we are 36 episodes, three seasons in to the X Factor Sports Podcast, and it's going great. Thanks to you guys. So just keep that in mind. Everything you've ever wanted is sitting on the other side of fear. So just conquer that, and it'll be waiting for you. Before we get out of here for season three, special thanks to all of the viewers, 
some specific viewers that always tune in every week, whether it be audio or video. Want to give a shout out to them, my boy D Will, on Facebook every week. Shout out to Kevin and Sarah. They make the apparel. We got some new stuff coming for y'all later on. All the fans on TikTok, Cat and Greg, they they watch the show religiously. They are in the drive-through watching it on their phones. So congrats, I appreciate them. You know, Katie, Amanda probably don't even care about sports, but they support the show anyway. They like everything I put up there. Doesn't matter what it is. Once they see the logo, they hear the yo yo yo. They are always liking. Nick and Michelle, appreciate y'all for tuning in and liking everything as well. Shout out to the Belks for listening to the audio every week. I know he loves hearing the Celtics on the show, but they're doing great, so they'll stay on it. And to everybody else that tunes in, all the fans back home in Chicago, the fans here locally, KC, thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, follow. We are just getting started. This show is going to get bigger and better. Looking forward to seeing y'all when we get back. This is Jay Mondane signing off for the X Factor Sports Podcast. And last but not least, Miss D, thank you always for everything you do behind the scenes that people don't know about. Appreciate you. Love you. We'll be back next time. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast signing out. Peace.